would conceive and bear a son and call his name Emmanuel. And then that was repeated in Matthew chapter number one when the angel told Joseph what was going on. And and the angel said uh, to Joseph, verse 22, now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. That is amazing. That is profound. That is awesome. That's what the virgin birth is about, to prove that he is God. The virgin birth is really nothing about the virgin. I mean, she had to be a a, a godly young woman, but she did not stay a virgin. She married Joseph, and they had other children after Jesus was born. And uh, we do not worship Mary, nor do we refer to her as the virgin, as if she's still a virgin. Uh, We recognize not that she was sinless, but rather that she was a sinner like the rest of us. As a matter of fact, if you keep reading in the book of Luke, after Jesus was born, later on in the book of Luke chapter 2, Mary had to offer a sin offering. According to Leviticus 12, she offered a sin offering for her sin because she was a sinner. And she said, my soul magnifies my Savior. She recognized that Jesus needed to be her Savior as well. But what the virgin birth does is prove that he was God, that he is God. And that's why I showed that story that Paul Harvey told about the birds, because it's just a way to illustrate how can he communicate with us. I don't even think birds is a good example, because it would be more like bugs. (laughs) You know, we're human. And uh, to become a bug like us, and uh, to understand and and to comprehend God. Uh, A few weeks ago, I was talking about trying to understand God completely, and someone said, Pastor, I heard it one time said that to understand God is like, an ant crawling across my computer screen and trying to understand the internet. Uh, we can't, you know, we can just touch, you know, a dimension or so and, and see from the word of God, but we can't comprehend. And so if God and the Trinity, the three in one God is, is bigger than I can explain to you, I'm not embarrassed to tell you that because I know the size of my brain's not very big and my brain can't possibly fathom the bigness and the awesomeness of God. But he came and was born of a virgin And that word Emmanuel means, and this is amazing, this is awesome, God with us. In John chapter 114, I mentioned this morning, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And that idea of and dwelt among us is the idea of and tabernacled among us and lived among us and dwelt among us. This is the amazing unspeakable gift that God would dwell amongst us who are just scurvy human beings with sinful nature and uh, out of the ivory palaces into a world of woe and this is what God did and that amazing gift was that God would dwell with man and become the gift and the savior of mankind that's what we're celebrating tonight that's why this is so special that's the reason for the season and I I know that Satan would love to 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 allow us to continue our celebrations as long as we don't celebrate the reason for the season I enjoyed the flash mob at the mall. I just like those. It uh, does my heart good to just see people, people surprised and then, and then touched and then, and then realizing that they know some of the words and singing along with the people who planned it. And, and uh, I've got two favorite parts in that whole scene. That's about five minutes long. And there's two scenes in there that I like. Number one, I like the Santa Claus kind of sitting there with nothing to do. He's kind of like, uh. And uh, I like that. You know, that kind of that, that, that fits. Uh, and, and, and really, I mean, I, I'm not like 
I'm not like trying to preach so much against Santa except that he's just robbing Jesus of what it's all about. And, and, and it's about Christ. It's about God becoming man and dwelling among us for a reason, for a purpose. Isaiah 9, 6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. In the next 12 hours, there's going to be some gifts opened. Wesley's already already knows some of his gifts. And he's already excited about his gifts. And, and I see Simon and his sisters, and I'm sure they've been eyeballing some gifts and, and uh, checking them out. And, and you guys are getting gifts, aren't you? Or do you have any gifts at Grandpa's house at all? Okay, I'm just checking. And uh, last night I heard one of my sons say, how come none of the gifts have my name on it? Well, there's probably a reason for that. Uh, but everybody's kind of paying attention to gifts. Well, there's no greater gift than the gift that God gave. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's what I love about this opportunity, this time of year. We can still, even though the world might not be educated in the word of God anymore, we can still celebrate and and share with others what the gift is all about. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, it says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. This is the big lie of Satan, that we are saved by ourselves, from ourselves, by doing good works. And Ephesians 2, 8 says, For by grace are you saved. That's why we sing amazing grace, because it's not of yourselves. Verse 9 says, It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. If anybody's getting a gift tomorrow morning or tonight and someone says, now this is for you, but if you misbehave, if you don't do whatever, we're going to take it. Well, that gift has strings attached. And honestly, technically, you're kind of earning it because there's a behavior involved. Truly a definition of a gift A true definition of a gift is no strings attached. That's why it's called amazing. Because it is an unspeakable gift. We can't even describe it. Have you ever been given something so awesomely and wonderfully special you just don't even know how to put it into words? This is what it means when it says, thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift that, that he would become a human and be born human amongst us that is awesome and I don't know if I can properly illustrate that to us tonight but that's what it means when it says Emmanuel God with us 2,000 years ago God was to be feared they had a tabernacle and a temple system in which God was behind the veil and they would never dare to go into the presence of God because he was holy and they weren't and that was scary and to to think God with us that was awesome but I have a question before we leave tonight Emmanuel does mean God with us but I have a question is he God with you 1 John 5 says, He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. We, we can have him. 
1 John 4, verse 4 says, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Is he in you? See, Emmanuel, God with us, is God's desire that he be with you. But is he? If you're saved, you you probably know what I'm asking. You probably understand what I'm saying because the Bible does teach us that we, when we are saved, we are, our body becomes the temple of the Holy Ghost and he dwells within us. Romans chapter 8 tells us and confirms to us that his presence is dwelling within us and confirms that we are the children of God. Is the Holy Spirit of God dwelling within you tonight? Is God with you? It does no good to even go to a Christmas Eve service or to acknowledge and, and to talk about the reason for the season mentally and logically if he isn't really yours. A gift isn't yours unless you receive it. John 1 says, As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. And should there be anyone, I don't know why you would, but should there be anyone be handed a gift with your name on it in the next 24 hours, and you just say, no, I don't think I want that. And you just set it back under the tree or whatever. It was designated for you, but it is not yours because you didn't take it and open it and make it yours. And Christ has offered his gift of salvation to the world. And the whole world could take it. Now we know the majority, Jesus said, broad is the way that leads to destruction. Many will go and narrow is the way that leads to life. And few. But that doesn't mean that's the way he wants it. It says that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the fact is, we know that many will reject Christ or ignore Christ. And in this country where we have a holiday that recognizes the birth of the Savior, and then a few months later we have another holiday that recognizes his death, burial, and resurrection, there really is no excuse for us. So is he your gift? Have you received him personally? I was talking to a parent about their child getting baptized, and praise the Lord, we're going to have a baptism sometime in the future. And... um, this parent, I said, so what about you? When did you get saved? And they said, when I was an older teenager, I realized that I can't just know this stuff. It has to be mine. I have to personally receive this. See, salvation isn't just knowing stuff. Can I, can I give you an illustration here? The devil knows the Bible better than you do. The devil knows stuff. The devil even knows that Jesus really is God. But that doesn't mean the devil's a Christian because he's never submitted to that, never will. But you and I have the ability to humbly receive the gift and appreciate the gift of salvation that comes only through Christ and Christ alone. I do think when it comes to this world, there are many who just do not realize. And this is why we can't just have a nativity scene and just go over a little Christmas program and just kind of gloss over it but rather really get down to what is the reason for the season what what is the purpose of jesus coming what's the purpose he came to die to pay for sin that you and i should be paying for and we need to we need to express to people and to friends and we're co-workers and everyone around us 
why this is important and how valuable this gift is. I remember hearing a story about a young teenage boy who was infatuated with this, this girl. And of course, she was very beautiful and popular in the school. And so all the guys, you know, wanted her attention. And this boy, he really, he just, he was, had a crush on her. And so he saved up his money and worked hard. And he went to some fancy jeweler and he bought this, I mean, actual diamond gold necklace earring set. I mean, hundreds of dollars, more money he'd ever spent on anything else in his life. And it was her birthday. And all of her admirers, of course, were oogling over her and, oh, Jennifer, look what I gave you. And here, look what I gave you. And they all, and they all, you know, gave her something and and she'd open and, oh, you know, typical, you know, and she's showing her appreciation for all. And, and of course, she just likes the fact that she, all these boys like her, you know. And amongst that, she opens up his. But with everyone else's gift, and in in the moment and in the atmosphere, nobody in the room thought it was really what it was. Wow, that's a pretty good fake. That's a pretty good imitation. They never, nobody in the room realized that wasn't a Kmart special. And the young man was crushed because it wasn't even appreciated. And guess what Christmas has become? Nobody even realized. Amongst all the other whatever, nobody's realizing what the real gift is. how preciously expensive it was. Does the Holy Spirit of God live within you? I would say it this way, if he does, you probably already know that. And if you're not sure, then probably he doesn't. Those without Christ are without God. Ephesians 2.12 says, they're without Christ Later on in the same verse, it says they're without God. 1 John 2, verse 23 says, if you deny the Son, you don't have the Father. You don't have God without Jesus. There might be people out there that think that they are God or even God's followers or God's chosen or whatever it might be, but if they deny Christ, they do not have the Father. He said to Thomas and the rest of the disciples, no man comes to the Father but by me. If you do not have Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you can have a Bible, but not the author of the Bible. It says in 1 Corinthians 2, the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. And read it, it's like, I don't know. I I mean, I kind of get the stories and stuff, but I don't really get a whole lot of that. But when you know the author, the book is so much better. There's people that might have this world by the tail, or they think they do. They think they've got the world, and maybe they do. There's some rich, famous celebrities out there. They might have the world, but if they don't have Christ, they don't have the creator. He's the one who made this world. 
He's the one that decides when it changes and when it's destroyed. And I think about the promises in Matthew where it says, doesn't your father know about the birds and the, and the flowers? And he knows your needs. He knows that you don't need to worry about those things. Seek first. He'll take care. And, and what I'm trying to say is, is that they don't have a provider. I have a provider. I have a provider. I have someone who takes care of me. I don't have to carry a plastic card that's hooked to a government system. I have a God who takes care of me. He really does. I I think it's bad advertisement for God if his children are starving to death. Psalm 37 says, I've been young and now I'm old and I've not seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. Now, I also like Proverbs 30 that says, I don't want to have poverty or riches. Just, Just meet my needs. Because if I have poverty, I might curse you. And if I have riches, I might deny you. I'm not a TV preacher telling you, when you have God, you'll have a Learjet. I don't even think I need one. But when you have God, you have a heavenly father who meets your needs and takes care of you. But if you don't have Christ, you don't have the father and you don't have a provider. And the majority of us in this country don't have the father. And that's why big daddy government has become the provider. And they don't do a very good job. But when you have Christ, you have a provider. You have a protector. He says, there's not a sparrow that falls to the ground without my seeing. And and if he wants something bad to happen, it's really not bad because he's allowing it for a good reason. And all things work together for good. I can trust him to be my protector. And if I don't need protection, he knows why. And so I'm still protected even if I don't think I'm protected. And speaking of the verses I just quoted, Romans 8, 28 and 29. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Verse 29 says... For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. His purpose is to conform us to the image of his son. And if you don't have Christ, you don't have God. And if you don't have God, you don't have a purpose. And do you know why so many people are drinking their sorrows away or chasing after dreams and trying this and trying that and rich people are finding out that even wealth isn't making them happy it's because they haven't found a purpose and suicide happens because people lose track of what's the purpose but when you're a Christian you have him and you realize He has a purpose for you. And I don't always understand the purposes in the moment. But I do know this. Like that verse says, all things work together for good. And there's always a purpose. Because I'm a Christian. I'm one of his. And so there's always a purpose. 
And of course, as I've already said tonight, you don't have the promise of the Savior for your own soul. In Luke 2.11, it says, For unto you, the angels, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. The angels said that to the shepherds. Last Sunday night, our shepherds were up there, and one of them had absolute stage fright. I can't remember a thing I'm supposed to say. The shepherds, I, I like to repeat this because it's so true. The shepherds would not have been thrilled if the angels had said, for unto you is born this day a king. Well, that's nice, but no king wants to see us. We're shepherds. We stink like shepherds. For unto you is born this day God. <laughs> I don't know if you get anywhere near God. But they said, for unto you is born this day a Savior. We need one of those. We'll, we're going to go find him right now. Savior. Jesus said he's come to seek and to save that which was lost. You can't get saved until, unless you admit you need to be saved. Unless you admit you are lost and you need him to find you. And what's awesome about this unspeakable gift is it's an eternal gift. The gift of God, Romans 6.23 says, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. This year of 2023, there was a funeral. <clears throat> but praise God, that individual is in heaven. That individual is not lost. They're eternal and they don't suffer anymore. They're, you say, oh, that's just wishful thinking. No, it's Bible. And the smile on her face as she was slipping into eternity, knowing she was dying, is priceless beyond compare. And as much pain as she was in every time I mentioned Jesus, she just lit up. Do you have that? Do you have that kind of a Jesus? Or is yours just a baby in a manger that you take time off work to talk about? What do you have? Do you have eternal life? Do you have the gift of eternal life? How do you receive it? The Bible says in Romans 10, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart, that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For whosoever, verse 13 says, shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. That's the reason for the season. And that God would become man and dwell with us. That he would give himself and be the Savior and die to pay for the sin of mankind and be willing to do so and humble himself to do that for you and I. I said I enjoyed watching the Santa Claus sitting there all by himself during the flash mob where everyone's singing praises to the Lord and the Santa Claus is kind of just sitting there with nothing to do. But my favorite scene is that family and that young boy who just drops to his knees. I love that song. Fall on your knees. Listen, those of us who are saved, that's exactly what we're going to do when we see him. 
I've never met him personally, but I've read all about him. And as soon as I see him, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Why? Because I deserve to be in hell forever. And because he gave himself, I have salvation forever. How about you? With our heads bowed, we're going to close in prayer tonight. Would there be anyone that would say, Pastor, I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm not sure I know Christ as my Savior. I don't know that I have the gift of eternal life. If I died, I don't think it would be heaven. Please don't leave without having that gift and having received that gift tonight. We have a little booklet on the back table called Done. You can grab a copy and read it. It's about the gospel. You can grab a track. But even better, you could grab me or my wife or someone and ask them to share with you from the Bible how you can be saved and how you can receive the gift of Christmas. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you and praise you for our blessings. We have so many, and we we can certainly thank and praise you for just the goodness and the the closeness of family and friends, church family, and so many things we take for granted, and we thank you and praise you for them. And but your unspeakable gift of salvation, a, a gift that that changes our destiny and and gives us purpose and hope and provision. That that comes only from you and with completely no strings attached and no ability to earn it, but just to receive it. And I pray, Lord, if there is someone in the room tonight or he may be listening to us right now online that they would understand that they need to be saved. They need to receive you as the only way to heaven as a free gift offered freely paid for by you on the cross. Dear God, thank you for giving yourself to give your son to die for us, to become the sacrifice and and to rise again the third day, proving that you are God and that you can take us to heaven as well. Lord, help us to celebrate you tonight, tomorrow, and throughout this year. And help us to be humbly broken for people who have not received you yet. And may it be upon our heart to share with them what we have. And I do pray if there is one tonight that doesn't know you yet, that they would know you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> We are to